0: Welcome, everyone, to Family Talk. It's a ministry of the James Dobson Family Institute, supported by listeners just like you. I'm Dr. James Dobson, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us.
1: Welcome again to Family Talk. I'm Roger Marsh, and for the last two days, we've been listening to Jessa Dillo crisp share her story of how she suffered abuse at the hands of her biological family and became a victim of human trafficking. Today, we'll hear the conclusion of this powerful three-part conversation featuring Jessa, her husband John, and our own Dr. James Dobson. And this program is extra special as our three panelists will be joined by Linda and Jody Dillo, the godly couple who took Jessa in after she escaped her traumatizing ordeal. The Dillos will share with Dr. Dobson about why they brought Jessa into their home. They'll share their hearts and also how they helped her process the trauma and began the healing process jessa dillo crisp is the co-founder and ceo of bridge hope she co-founded this ministry along with her husband john to serve as an anti-trafficking non organization based here in denver colorado in 2022 bridge hope merged with the avery center the national trafficking sheltered alliance and hope bound collective in the meantime jessa continues pursuing her phd in counselor education and supervision and she has her own private counseling practice John Crisp, her husband, serves as the Next Gen Director and Young Adults Pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Colorado. Now, before we get back into today's interview, remember that the content contained in this program is definitely not intended for young listeners, so parental discretion, definitely advised. Here now is the conclusion and final installment of this three-part conversation going back to 2018, right here on Family Talk.
0: Well, I hope that uh, our listeners today heard what's happened in the previous two programs because I think they're among the most moving of any that I've done in 40 years. And maybe that's because my personal uh, experience on the Pornography Commission and my heart for people who are abused sexually and especially trafficking of children uh, moves me more than almost any other subject. And as we concluded the second program last time, Jessa mentioned that she was adopted And I didn't realize it, but her adoptive parents were in the control room on the other side of the glass. And so we ended that program with those folks coming in the door to join us here in the studio, and they are here now. They are Jody and Linda Dillow, who have played such a key role in Jessa's life uh, by not adopting her Legally, but in every other context, she is a member of your family now, isn't she?
2: Absolutely.
0: I think that our listeners would like to hear that part of the story because it is an essential uh, ingredient of what you've been through, isn't, mm-hmm. isn't it, Jessa? Yes. All right. Uh, sit right there, uh, Jody Dillo. That's your adopted father. Correct. And Linda Dillow, who's been on our program a number of times, both here and at Focus on the Family. And we're going to start with you, Linda. Tell us how you came to be involved in Jess's life and how you, Jody, uh, the two of you came to adopt her. I mean, you've made an unbelievable contribution to her life. How did that come about? Linda, I'm starting with you.
2: Jody and I were on the board of the safe house uh, where Jessa fled. And so we knew Jessa when she was curled up on the stairs and wouldn't even look anyone in the eye because she was so broken. And uh-huh. you're looking at her today, Dr. Dobson, seeing her as a put-together young woman. But Jody and I saw her as a very broken, broken 21-year-old, and um, yes, we knew what she had been through, and and our hearts were broken. And Did you feel
0: the Lord pulling you in that direction to do what you could to
2: help? Yes. Uh, God had very directly asked me years previously if I would be available for His most wounded women, and um, there had been many that had come through our home, on a short-term basis, but God brought Jessa on a long term basis to live with us. Uh, and my husband was the one really that suggested were that you in she favor of living. Jody? Oh,
3: very much so. Uh, I'd gotten drawn into the issue of wounded women because Linda had them in and out of our home for about fifteen years, and she was spending fifteen or twenty hours a week with various women. So my heart had gotten drawn into this whole problem of trafficking and uh, woundedness. And I remember the first time I saw Jess, Alinda alluded to this. I came down the stairs of the safe house, and she was down at the bottom of the well, just kind of curled with her fist to her chest, a man, danger. And mm-hmm. it just kind of broke my heart. And uh, so anyway, I can't remember the exact sequence, but she needed a place to live, The uh, the place that she was in. Uh, closed down because they had to move out of the neighborhood. So I said, honey, look, let's just take Jessa in. We've already got a connection with her. And uh, she needed a dad. Yeah, And uh, I was one of the first men that she had met that she could trust. So...
2: No, uh, I would say you were the first man that she ever trusted. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting for me to watch. Um, as, Did she
0: begin to blossom?
3: Oh, oh, yes. Yeah.
2: And Jody would take her out for dates, and uh-huh. and um,
3: it was exciting. I had someone that was just really excited about the scriptures and about the Lord and ministered to me, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'd go out on dates and talk about the Lord and the Bible and what she's studying in her classes and whatnot, and it was just a rich, endearing experience yeah. for me as well.
0: How many abused women have you dealt with?
2: Mm quite a few doctor Dobson, and i've seen i've seen other miracles but jessa is She's a one true of a miracle. kind isn't she she is and god is truly um, at work in her
0: well when you came through the door i moved uh, john and jessa uh, over to the other side of the studio here we have a large studio and she's sitting over there crying because of what you did in her life. Uh, Jess, uh, I want to hear your side of this story now because it is really important to understanding where you are today and the wholeness that we hear in your voice and from your passion. Um, Tell us about Jody and Linda and uh, what did they mean to you and what contribution did they make in those transition days?
4: Yeah, so they, early on, were called my Auntie Linda and Uncle Jody, and yes, I was in a state of great trauma when I first met them, and I...
0: uh, Do you remember being on the stairs, curled up?
4: You know, a lot of things have happened over the past years, and I don't remember every single... Yeah. incident just because a lot's taken place. In but fact, I... that's
0: characteristic of abuse. Mm-hmm. You, your mind protects you from it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep, completely. But I do remember other instances where, like, Auntie Linda at the time, or Mom now, would take me to the doctor and... and would be part of that part of my healing journey cuz my brain and my emotions had to heal but also my body had to heal and so she was a part of that and going out and going to Panera with dad and studying the scriptures and I was in Bible classes at the time and learning What was it
0: like to have a father figure mm-hmm. who was safe loved you would not touch you would not abuse you mm-hmm. What was that like? Did you did you bask in that safety?
4: At first I was really scared and trauma does that to a person and I can say that it was a journey of me learning to trust. Uncle Jody at the time and my dad now. And it was a journey. It was a process. But as I learned more about his character and the ways that he treated my mom and saw that and saw the ways that that took place, it really changed my eyes. And then seeing the ways that he treated me with such love and kindness, but also too in a very safe manner and never went past my boundaries, but also just really taught me what a man should be treating a child like and so that was a huge part of that journey I remember one day in particular I was living with them at this point and I actually had a small car accident it was just a small fender bender and I was crying and did not know what to do and I called him up and I'm like dad I don't know what to do and he came over and he just gave me a hug and he's like it's gonna be okay and just, I thought he was going to respond with extreme anger and like you, like you, now you don't have a car and like what are you going to do about that? But he responded in a completely opposite sense, and that really was another just part of the picture of me learning to trust and seeing him as a person who loved me and cared about me in a very pure way.
0: Well, I uh, I want to know more about that man and his passion. Uh, for a broken little puppy. <laughs> Don't mean that disrespectfully. Jody, you are a missionary, right?
3: Yes. Linda and I have been missionaries uh, all of our lives. And uh, we worked, uh, I was with Campus Crusade for Christ. We both were for about eight years. And, and we taught marriage and family life seminars around the country for a number of years. And I went and got my doctorate and Systematic Theology at Dallas. Went on the faculty at Trinity Seminary. But God had laid on our heart's missions, so we moved to Vienna to launch a covert extension biblical training ministry behind the Iron Curtain. And uh, so that's my background.
0: Now let's go back to the relationship between John and uh, Jessa. Did you come on the scene before uh, their relationship developed? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did yes. you, did you support it?
2: Oh, yes, but I was uh, scared. I didn't want Jesse to get hurt, and I remember being on my knees when she went to tell him about her background, and I really? was just praying for him to be gentle and to be understanding, And because she had been asked by her college to share some of her story, Um, at a big event and John knew nothing about her story and so she told him Mm -hmm. and I remember she came back and I said what did he say (laughs) and she looked at me and she said mom he said I think you're the bravest woman I've ever met Really? and I just said oh god thank you Thank you, thank you.
0: And the Lord was in that conversation, wasn't he? Was, yeah. Very much. But yeah, that's the
2: kind much. of man John is.
0: Well, John, it's time to hear from you. <laughs> Let's go back to that moment. We touched on sure. it uh, before, but uh, were you turned off by what you'd heard? Did you see her as as a broken vessel? How did you uh, approach her?
5: You know, um, one of the things that uh, that I've learned is that You know, I've had my own um, past and my own brokenness that I've journeyed through. And and as Jessa was bearing her heart to me, I just uh, felt like it was the time to communicate love and and grace and um, in light of the brokenness that I experienced. And so that really gave me a perspective. What did you say to her? Yeah, I told her that she is not defined by her past and that um, she's a beautiful creation and that. uh, and that she's a brave woman, a very brave woman. In fact, um, as she went to speak at the conference, I gave her a mug, um, a travel mug, that had courage engraved on the side of it, and uh, Jeremiah one seventeen through 19, and, and uh, it just communicated what I felt like her testimony was, is one of hope and courage, and God is our healer and our, our redeemer.
0: How soon did you all marry?
5: So we got engaged six months after we started dating, and we were engaged for nine months before we were married on June 6th of 2015. Yeah. Did you go into marriage with apprehension, You know,
4: I did, and I had a lot of questions. I also went into marriage very broken, because about five weeks, five or six weeks before we got married, I actually found out that I had a tumor that required surgery, so We had that surgery, and so I walked into marriage with question marks and not really knowing what was going to happen, and I think that was for both of us.
0: Linda, did you have long talks with Jessa uh, about where she'd been and about where she is going? Did you help her uh, adjust? Was that part of your role?
2: You know, Jessa was interested in learning God's perspective about marriage and God's perspective about sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to study that as a single young woman and study it after she got married. And she just said, I want to be prepared. I want God to change all of the tapes I have in my mind. And so she was studying it she has a very special mentor uh dr julie slattery oh and dr.
0: she's a great friend and we've worked together
2: i know you did and so both julie and i uh prodded jessa and said just learn all you can before you get married and she did and she's continued to learn after she's gotten married but you know, Jessa just always wants to learn, and she's not afraid to ask the hard questions and, um, mm-hmm. and to just tackle things and take them on. And that's been an example to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Jody, uh, being in the clergy, uh, being a missionary, uh, you know that when people go through hard times like this, they often get angry at God and I mean who is God that he didn't rescue me there I was a little child I had nobody and it continued and yet she has not fallen into that trap because if a person who's been through this needs anything it's knowing that Jesus Christ cares and he has brought her through the fire Uh, have you found that, that people often lose their faith at a time like this
3: yeah. In fact, I'm meeting with various individuals right now that uh, have pretty much lost faith simply because of trials and difficulties in their lives. It's uh, a very common thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that uh, I struggled with uh, most of my Christian life, the problem of evil. So I can really empathetically identify it. I found answers that were mostly satisfying for me
0: but uh yeah it's a it's a big issue well, that's why I wrote the book when God doesn't make sense right it's a good uh, because book. I observed that right. I, so many people uh hit the wall, mm-hmm. you know they hit what I called uh the betrayal barrier, and they feel like God has really turned his back on them, and uh Satan uses that he uses the pain of an experience like that to separate them from the Lord at a time when they desperately need him. And I hope that's one of the takeaway values from this conversation, these three days, uh, to say to others who are out there, maybe you thought you went through something difficult. I don't know if it would compare to what Jessa has gone through, but it's probably pretty awful because life is tough. Life is hard. And it involves separation and death and disease and Mm -hmm. sickness and disappointment and all of that. It just does. Uh, But if you let him, the Lord will bring you through that and make you stronger. Or you can turn your back on him and say, "Uh, I can't trust him. The Mm -hmm. only trouble with that is there is no other answer.
3: No other place to go. That's what Peter said. Where else should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And uh, for me, kind of an aha moment uh, was something that I knew, but God spoke it to me in a different way. Uh, The fact that God himself entered into this horror in the person of Christ and went through the things and worse than we go through. And It must have been important, it must have been necessary that suffering be allowed, or God would not have arranged things so that he himself, in the person of his son, would come into this horror and go through it. Mm -hmm. And the message of the book of Hebrews helped me a lot because it talks about how because he went through that, we have a sympathetic priest in heaven. Mm-hmm. so that uh, when I'm struggling, when I'm in my unbelief, he's not up in heaven pointing his finger saying, Now, Jody, you really blew it. I'm... But instead, we have a Savior who's been here, and he's saying, Jody, I know what you're going through. I've been there, and I'm sympathetic, and I'm praying for you. Oh, boy. Well, and that stuff helped me powerful. a lot. It's a, yeah. It was a, an emotional answer to the problem of evil. Jessa, did
0: you ever experience that?
4: I did, and the ways that God has met me in the midst of that is when I was going through my healing journey, I went through different times where on my knees, I saw God crying for the pain that I went through. So when I was angry at God, I knew that He could handle that, because He showed me so tangibly how He had been so hurt by the things that I experienced as well.
0: Did you find comfort in that?
4: I did, because it wasn't like I had to pretend with God what my emotions were with what I was feeling, but rather He could handle what I was going through and the rawness of what I was going through, and he could experience that. And in his gentle hands, not only could he hold that for me, but that he could carry it until I was able to continue to walk through.
0: I would think you would have a mission now, which is what you told us about earlier, that you're doing your doctorate um, in this arena. I'm working uh, on
4: my master's right now, as master's a step towards there, my doctorate. And then,
0: then next. <laughs> yep. uh, that, The Lord would help you help other people to deal with the unanswered questions. That's correct. The whys that hang out there.
4: Yes. And so one of my prayers is that God would not let my pain go to waste. And so God has called my husband and I to start an organization to help survivors of human trafficking. And so we co founded an organization called Bridge Hope, um, not too long ago and
0: Oh, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's your
5: organization, John. Is yes. that right? Yes. Sir. Bridge Hope. That's it. Describe it for us. So Bridge Hope exists to collaborate resources for survivors of human trafficking um, through training. So we do a number of trainings throughout the United States, but also internationally. Uh, We're also working right now to develop technology that's going to help with collaborating those resources for survivors. And the last thing that we want to do is we looked at Jess's life and we saw what elements were pivotal in creating an environment where she could thrive. Mm -hmm. And so we hope to recreate, in some aspect, the mentorship opportunities that she had and the resources that were made available that helped her get to a place of thriving. And that's that's what Bridge Hope is.
0: Well, we have come to the end of the third program now. We started out uh, with a one-part program that we were planning to do, but uh, we couldn't stop. This is just too... <laughs> Uh, relevant to too many people and mm-hmm. your story is so passionately told. Uh, Jessa, I just admire you for being able to confront the evil of the past. And now, surprisingly, we had your adopted parents uh, in the control room and I finally saw them there and invited them in and you have joined us on this. We're really out of time now. God be with you all as you reach out to a hurting world and uh, jessa i do hope that there will come a time when you can't even remember that horrible past thank you, thank you. you've forgotten a lot of it already haven't you
4: you know god has done an amazing amount of healing in my life and so i praise him
0: thank you all and uh, stay in touch with us will you and uh linda it's so good to see you again
2: it's a privilege to be here
0: Any last thing that's on your heart that you want to say?
2: God is the healer. Mm
0: -hmm. You've seen him heal a lot of people, not just Jessa.
2: I have been privileged to see him heal a lot. But Jessa is a miracle.
0: And Dr. Dello, God be with you. Thank you, sir. It's a privilege to be here with you.
1: We will talk again. As most of us are aware, human trafficking is a problem, and we hope that the programs over the last three days have opened your eyes to how deep that problem really is. If you or someone you know has been victimized by human trafficking, call the National Trafficking Hotline. The number is 1-888-3737-888. That's 888-373-7888. Or just text the word HELP to 233 233- 733. Now, if you missed any part of these programs over the last three days, remember you can visit our broadcast page at drjamesdobson.org. That's drjamesdobson.org and you can hear them again in their entirety. By the way, while you're on our website, consider signing up for Dr. Dobson's 10-Day Marriage Series Challenge. To join the challenge, all you have to do is visit our homepage at drjamesdobson.org and then select the 10-Day Marriage Series image in the upper right-hand corner. You'll then be directed to the sign-up page where you can type in your email address and then click the sign-up button. It's really that easy. After you're all signed up, you'll receive one email every day for 10 consecutive days featuring words of encouragement from dr dobson and a few exercises that you can do with your spouse again to sign up for the 10-day marriage series challenge simply go to drjamesdobson.org i'm roger marsh thank you so much for joining us this week and be sure to tune in again monday for another edition of dr james dobson's family talk till then may god continue to richly bless you and your family as you grow deeper in your relationship with him This has been a presentation of the Dr. James Dobson Family Institute. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our program today. You may know that Family Talk is a listener-supported program, and we remain on the air by your generosity, literally. If you can help us financially, we would certainly appreciate it. God's blessings to you all.